Hey teachers, and welcome to episode seven of the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. I am so excited to be back with you today because we are going to be discussing the importance of self-care, yes, but more specifically self-care for your mind. All right, let's go. Welcome to the Teaching Middle School ELA Podcast, where it's all things reading and writing all the time. Game-changing lessons and fresh ideas, along with a dose of inspiration, are shared to help make your teaching life just a bit easier. And now your host, from the blog EB Academics, Caitlin Mitchell. Hey, hey. All right. Today, we are going to be jumping in to talking about mindfulness for you, right? We've seen this idea of mindfulness for our students time and again, which is great. There's nothing wrong with that at all. But I think it's really important for us as teachers to be practicing mindfulness as well. Now, I get it. I know we're all super busy all the time. Trust me, I am right there in the trenches with you. So you may ask me, when on earth am I going to find time to put mindfulness into my day? When am I going to do that? Well, to that I say, you can, my friend, and you must. You absolutely must because it is going to have a profound impact on your life. And the two simple strategies that I'm going to give to you today have been the two that have had the biggest impact on my life, and I know they absolutely can have the same impact on your life. Now, I want to preface this episode by saying that I am not a mindfulness expert by any means. However, we do have a mindfulness teacher that comes to my school every Tuesday and practices mindfulness with my students. And let me tell you, the moment she walks into the classroom, I become a student too. And I participate in every single lesson and in every single activity that she does with them because I have found it to be so important for my happiness and so important for my life. Now, we've been practicing mindfulness for about two years at my school, and it really has had that profound effect that I'm talking about on my life, but also on the way that I handle stressful and challenging situations when it comes to teaching. And I have to say this past year, is the happiest I have ever been as a teacher, by far, in every capacity. And I really think that it has to do with practicing mindfulness and using these two ideas that I'm going to talk to you about today. All right, let's go ahead and get started with these two ideas about mindfulness that I think that you can really easily take and apply to your own life. So the first idea that we're going to talk about is something called equanimity. And equanimity is this idea that we can all reach this evenness or this calmness of mind, even in stressful situations, that we don't overreact to situations, that we don't become reactive, that we just have this calmness of being. And I know this might sound like a little woo-woo, but it, it is, but it's wonderful, and I really think it's going to make an impact on your life if you work with me through this and really hear me out on how this works. Okay, how do we do equanimity? How do we reach this idea of equanimity? And I'm not saying I am an equanimity person at all, all the time, but the idea, thinking about it and really trying to apply it to my life has made a huge impact. And I think we're all kind of searching for this equanimity in our lives. 
And you're going to say, well, Caitlin, teaching is so stressful. It's so stressful. I'm stressed out all the time. And trying to achieve this idea of equanimity all starts with allowing our thoughts and our feelings to just be. Now, I want to say that again. We have to allow our thoughts and we have to allow our feelings to just be, to just exist. We have to just accept those thoughts and feelings. We cannot pass judgment on those thoughts and feelings. And we have to allow those thoughts and feelings to just be with us, to just sit with us. And when we do that, we allow those thoughts and feelings to just be I want you to notice how your body reacts, okay? So for example, think of a situation that's incredibly frustrating for you. Any situation at all. Maybe it's a stressful email from a parent. Maybe you caught a student cheating and you have to deal with that frustrating situation. Whatever it is, think about that frustrating situation. And I want you to pay close attention to how your body reacts physically. Like how does your body reacting? Do you get tense in your shoulders? Does your heart rate increase? Do your fists and jaws clench, right? How are you physically responding to those thoughts and feelings? And notice what your body's doing. And by noticing really objectively how our body is reacting to this stressful or challenging situation, we are paying attention to what's happening in our bodies. We're paying attention to what our mind is doing and our thoughts are doing to our body. And we're able then to really take away that judgment because we're focusing on the physical. We're no longer focusing on the emotional of how it makes us feel emotionally, but physically how it makes us feel. And so if we're able to then put our mind onto the physicality of the way those thoughts and feelings are affecting us, we can really take a step back then, right? I'm feeling this way. I'm frustrated. This is what my body is doing. This is how my body's reacting. And because my mind is focused on that, I then can kind of take a step back from those emotions. I can kind of remove the emotion from that stressful situation, from that frustrating situation. And I can allow those emotions to just be, to just exist. They just are. They're just feelings. They're just thoughts. That's all they are. And by allowing them to just exist. We are taking back the power those thoughts and feelings can have over us in such a negative way. And now I have to say I've done this a few times this year where I've been in a very difficult situation, a frustrating situation, something that's made me upset. And I've gone back to my classroom and I've sat in my chair on my desk and I've closed my eyes and I have thought about how my body feels. How is this making my body feel right now? And in focusing on that, my emotions are now removed. I'm able to go back to the situation with a clearer, much calmer mind. And I'm able to really kind of let it go, right? I'm not taking any stressful stuff home with me at the end of the day because I'm not allowing those emotions to take control over my life, to take control over my mind, to take control over my body, because I'm so focused on the physicality of the way that it's making my body feel, my thoughts and feelings are no longer controlling me. So it's just this really interesting thing that I've been practicing this year that our mindfulness teacher has suggested to us. And it's really made a huge difference for me. 
So I want you to try to do this, right? The next time that you're in a difficult situation, go back to your desk, go find somewhere where you can be alone and you can just sit, close your eyes and think about how your body is responding to that emotion, to that feeling, to that thought, to whatever it is that's happening and focus on the physicality of it. Remove kind of that emotional attachment, that emotional difficulty that you're facing with it. And look at the situation objectively after you've closed your eyes and focused on your body. Now, how can you go back to that situation with a more calm mind, with a less upset mind, with a less flustered, reactive mind, right? And I think you're going to feel something pretty powerful because it really is truly just this incredible concept, this idea of equanimity to just allow our thoughts and our feelings to just be, to not pass judgment on those thoughts and feelings, to notice how our body reacts, and then to be able to move on with a much clearer mind, a clearer and calmer mind. Okay, the second strategy isn't as kind of abstract and woo-woo. The second strategy is a little bit easier to take on. So if you want to start somewhere, you might want to start with this strategy I'm about to share with you. So this one has more to do with like self-love than mindfulness necessarily, but I still think they go hand in hand. And this one that I'm going to talk about right now is incredibly, incredibly important. Now, I don't know about you, but there are days where I am super hard on myself. The things I say to myself in my head, I would never, ever in a million years think of saying to somebody else. I would never want to make somebody else feel the way that my thoughts are making me feel, the things that I'm saying to myself, right? And maybe you've had similar situations as well. Maybe you say similar things to yourself as well. Like you're not good enough. You don't know this. You're not smart enough, whatever it might be, right? Well, in the mindfulness practice, we are asked to show ourselves more love, to show ourselves more kindness, right? To really be kind to ourselves. So what I want you to do is I want you to come up with a mantra that you are going to repeat to yourself every morning when you wake up. Before you create your mantra, though, I want you to think about the areas in your life right now where you're struggling, right? Where are you hardest on yourself? What are you hardest on yourself about? And take the answers to those questions and turn those negatives around and create a positive mantra that you are going to repeat to yourself constantly. Once you've come up with your mantra, I want you to write your mantra on your mirror. Put it on a post-it note on your computer. Put it as the background on your phone. Say it to yourself whenever you are feeling those moments of self-doubt. Say it to yourself before you walk into a challenging meeting. Say it to yourself before you go to bed. And say it to yourself every single morning when you wake up. Because you know what? The mind is a very powerful thing. And the more you hear these words repeated to yourself, the more real they become and the more a part of you they become. The mantra that I repeat to myself every day and that I have been doing for the past four months since I started this exercise is you are smart, you are strong, and your students want to learn from you. And I say that to myself all the time. And I really have started to believe Every single piece of that mantra, it really does make up who I am. It really has helped shape me to be a better teacher, 
to be a better person, to not let so many aspects of teaching upset me because I know this about myself now. I know that I am smart. I know that I am strong. And I know that when I walk into class every single day, I know that my students want to learn from me because I have said that to myself time and time again for the past four months. So really think about that mantra that you want to come up with for yourself and repeat that mantra to yourself so many, so many times throughout the day. And then reflect back. How is that mantra making you feel? Now, I really hope this episode has inspired you to work toward practicing mindfulness, even if it's just in the smallest of capacities. These two ideas of equanimity and of creating a mantra for yourself can easily be applied into your daily life. And I I want you to do this. I want you to do this because I have felt the profound effects of this in my life and I want you to feel the same way that I feel. I want you to have this kind of renewed sense of purpose, this renewed sense of, of, of who you are, right? Of being able to handle difficult situations, of being the best version of yourself because of just two simple strategies that you can easily apply into your life. Now, I know we got a little bit deep in this episode and a little bit emotional, but hopefully you are able to take these two strategies and really make a difference in your own life because that's what we're here for, right? That's what we want to do. We want to make your lives better. We want to make your lives easier. Now, if you'd like to grab the show notes for this episode, make sure to head over to ebacademics.com forward slash seven. Thank you so much for joining me and listening to the Teaching Middle School ELA podcast. Please make sure to hit that subscribe button so that you don't miss a single episode. Thank you so much for joining me today, and I will see you next time.